Facing a trial or odds that seem insurmountable? Well, we have an encouraging time in God's Word today here on Graceful Truth. If you'll join us, we'll see if we can't get you through the valley with blessings. Join us. From Grace Bible Church in Redwood City, welcome to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth with our teacher and pastor, Steve Converse. You know, we all face the trials and the struggles of life. Sometimes they seem insurmountable. Yet God designs things of this nature for the purpose of looking back to Him to see us through so that we might experience victory, but then also experience victory at God's hands rather than ours. We would invite you to join us today for a very encouraging look at 2 Chronicles 20, verses 22 through 30. Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, is being attacked by three nations in surmountable odds. He's terrified, yet he does what we all should do. He turns to God. And there, in the valley, he finds blessing. Please join us for today's broadcast of Graceful Truth. Here's Pastor Steve Converse. Well, today we're continuing our study in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 22 to 30. And we've been looking at this series, which I've entitled, Here Comes Trouble. And for the last two weeks, we've looked at a story in the life of King Jehoshaphat, which is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And uh, this story took place when three armies came together to attack the nation of Judah. They joined forces against King Jehoshaphat and his nation. And today we want to look at the Valley of Blessing, where God brought them to because of their trust and hope in God. Do you understand, Judah was no match for this triple threat army that had formed against them. Jehoshaphat's immediate reaction, the Bible tells us, was that he was terrified But when he came to his senses, he did exactly what you and I need to do when we face problems bigger than we are in life. He brought God into the middle of the situation. The Bible says that King Jehoshaphat set himself to seek God. And we've been looking at how that's what we need to do. When trouble appears on the horizon of life, we need to seek the Lord. Former baseball great Satchel Paige said this. He's quoted as saying, Don't pray when it rains if you don't pray when the sun shines. Now, on the surface, that might look like good advice. But personally, I think it's terrible advice. If you haven't been seeking God like you ought to seek God when the sun is shining, then let the rain wake you up, give you a wake-up call to help you get your priorities right, and start seeking God in the midst of trouble. Seeking God basically means that you spend time in His presence. You ask for his assistance. You ask for his help. You listen for his voice. You make a conscious choice to trust him. And you do what he tells you to do. When King Jehoshaphat set himself to seek God, he and his entire people of Judah began to fast. And they bowed down before God in worship. And it tells us that they stood before him in praise. Simply put, they surrendered themselves completely to God so that they wouldn't have to surrender themselves to their enemies. King Jehoshaphat also learned that when you seek God, you hear from God. God told Jehoshaphat exactly what to do. The first thing, you remember, he told them was, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, just trust in me. That's pretty important advice. Then God told Jehoshaphat, you need to stand up to this enemy. You need to go and confront them face to face, and you need to do it right away. We looked at this last week. And you need to do it with a spirit of faith and a spirit of worship. 
God would say the same thing to you and I. God would say the same thing to you and me today. He will fight your battles, and he will give you the victory when you put your trust in him. You can be sure of that. You also must realize that the process of trusting him involves looking your problem square in the eye, having the courage to say, yes, I know the problem exists. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to meet it face to face, and I'm going to do it right now, and my steps will be guided by praise. Because I know that in him I have the victory. In him I am more than an overcomer. God told King Jehoshaphat to go into the wilderness and to face the enemy. Well, what happened next? The Bible says that as they praised God, the enemy turned on each other and defeated itself. Let's follow the story, beginning in verse 22. At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. And the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout points in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. The Bible says that it took three full days to gather up all the plunder left on the battlefield. And then it says this in verse 26, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 26. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. And it's still called the Valley of Blessing today. Here's how this part of the story ends. Look at verse 27. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat, leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps and lyres and trumpets, and they proceeded to the, where? To the temple of the Lord. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, look at what happened. The fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Now, I trust that you realize that the catalyst for Jehoshaphat's prosperity was his decision to seek God in time of crisis. Jehoshaphat was able to rule Judah in peace for years to come because he was a leader who sought God, who trusted God, who worshiped God, who obeyed God. In times of trouble, beloved, as you face your enemies in your life, maybe they're health problems, maybe they're financial problems, maybe there's relationships that are the issue, maybe your job or your career, whatever it might be, you can have the same results as Jehoshaphat if you're willing to take the same steps as Jehoshaphat. That means if you're willing to seek God and obey God, you'll walk in favor with God. Today we'll talk about experiencing the valley of blessing. What I love about this story is that this great coalition of enemies wasn't defeated by the army of Judah. The army of Judah never even fired a single shot, so to speak. They launched no arrows. They threw no spears, no stones. The enemy defeated itself. Now, that doesn't mean that the army of Judah didn't do anything. They did. They prepared They showed up. They trusted God. They filled the air with praise. But they didn't have to fight the battle. 
because God fought it for them. How did God give them the victory? Well, he let the enemy army show defeat itself. From a distance, this army looks so powerful, but ultimately their limitations became very obvious. They may have looked powerful, but in reality, they were just a bunch of inept, bickering, belligerent armies. And instead of attacking, instead of attacking the army they came to attack, an army which they could have very easily destroyed, these armies turned and destroyed one another. So when the army of Judah arrived, all they saw were dead bodies everywhere. The Bible says that the army spent three full days gathering up the plunder from the fallen enemy, the clothes and the weapons and the supplies and food and so forth. Well, let's talk about the plunder. This was something the people of Judah would never have gone after themselves. They weren't the ones scheming to attack and conquer. They weren't devising plans to rob the Ammonites and the Moabites and the goods and their supplies. They were minding their own business. But when these enemies conspired to do evil against them, God said, in effect, you know what? Sorry, you're not going to take anything from my people today. In fact, you're going to give to my people. The army of Judah spent three days gathering everything. Reminds me of a verse in Proverbs. Proverbs 13, 22 says this, The sinner's wealth passes to the godly. The sinner's wealth passes to the godly. Today we're going to talk about experiencing the valley of blessing. What is a valley of blessing? It's that place of spiritual windfall where good things come your way. Not, a, not as a result of your own scheming or scraping or scratching, but as a result of the abundant generosity and grace of God. Right now, you may still be able to see that army on the horizon, that overwhelming enemy that's preparing to attack. But I want you to know that the valley of blessing awaits you. As the prophet said in verse 15, don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Take your possessions, positions, he says in verse 17, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. Here are some things that I want you to keep in mind about experiencing the valley of blessing in your own life. First of all, even if you can't conquer a problem in your own power, you can choose to outlast the problem. You can choose to outlast the problem. That usually brings the same result. That's because many situations are able to resolve themselves if we just allow the opportunity to run their course. Sometimes we're faced with things and we think that, boy, somehow we have to jump right in to the mix of it right away. And uh, we don't. We can wait. We can trust God. There's going to be times when you have problems that you can't personally conquer, but you can choose to outlast them. That doesn't mean that you do nothing and wait for the problem to fix itself. It does mean that you continue to pray, you continue to trust, you continue to praise, you continue to put yourself in the position of, for God to work a miracle. It's a basic coaching strategy to teach your team to play conservative, to follow the fundamentals, to play full four quarters or the entire nine innings. Let the other team make the mistakes. Think of how many times you've seen that happen. The team that could have won the game and by every gauge should have won the game, ultimately lost the game because they defeated themselves with their own mistakes. We've seen that recently with several games in professional sports. There's a sense in which you can use the same strategy. When life throws more at you than you can handle, stay faithful, stay consistent, keep walking with your God, and you'll find yourself outlasting the enemy. Well, here's the second thing I want you to see very clearly 
and to keep in mind about the valley of blessing. Not only can you outweigh a problem as you continue to trust in God, but the valley of blessing is a place of praise and thanksgiving. Look at what it says in verse 26. On the fourth day, they gathered in the valley of blessing, which got its name that day because the people, what they do? They praised and thanked the Lord there. Have you identified the, the common denominator of all these messages? It's praise. In week one, we saw the people of Judah in praise and worship as they sought the Lord. In week two, we saw them going to the battlefield. And in the midst of going there, they had songs of praise charting their course. And today, having won the victory and gathered the spoils, they were filled with praise and thanksgiving for the goodness of God. Afterwards, in verse 27, it says, They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps and lyres and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. In every situation, God wants your response to be one of praise, one of thanksgiving. Praise him when you seek his help. Praise him when you're stepping out in faith. Praise him when he's given you the victory. God wants his people to praise him. The Bible says that God inhabits, beloved, God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 22.3. Other translations say that he's enthroned on the praises of Israel. When you read through the book of Psalms, you see that God not only deserves to be praised, he wants to be praised. He wants his people to praise him. He also wants his people to say thank you. Paul said this in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You know, personally, I know I do this, and I think we all do this at times. Here's where we drop the ball. We don't say thank you enough. In the Gospel of, of Luke, there's a story about ten lepers. You remember that? Who came to Jesus asking to be healed. And this kind of parallels this story of Jehoshaphat in some ways. They called to him from a distance, as was required by law, since they were lepers and they were isolated from society. Even from a distance, they called out to him asking for his healing mercy. And Jesus told them to go and present themselves to the priests. He said this because in those days, priests were in many ways like physicians. They were trained to recognize skin disease. And they had the legal authority in the community to determine if a person's disease was actually healed and he could be allowed back in society or the disease was still active and he still had to be isolated. So he told them to go to the priests and by faith they obeyed him. So far, so good. And as they went, the Bible says the ten men were cleansed of their leprosy. In Luke 19, verses 11 to 19, you can read this. However, only one returned to Jesus to say thank you. One out of ten. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? See, maybe we're guilty of this sometimes. We, we seek God when we need him. And in our desperation, we'll even step out in faith and obedience and trust. And then when God comes through for us, our attitude is, well, okay, Lord, I'll take it from here, and we just move on. See, at every stage of a crisis, whether it's the stage of despair, the stage of faithful obedience, or the stage of victory, you need to remember that praise and worship and thanksgiving play a vital role. Don't ever forget to say thank you and keep saying thank you. Well, here's the third thing I want you to see this morning. When you've been to the Valley of Blessings, you know what? Others will take notice. That's the third point. Others will notice when you've been there. In verse, verses 29 and 30, it says, When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. These three armies conspired 
to attack Judah because they thought that Judah was weak. They thought that Judah was vulnerable. But God wanted to demonstrate to all the other kingdoms that Judah wasn't weak and it wasn't vulnerable. They were, in fact, strong in the power of the Lord. He wanted to make sure that Judah's neighbors got the message so they'd all get the same idea. That's why he made this non-battle such a public spectacle. Sometimes your problems may be more public than you want them to be. You know, it's difficult, to be honest, when you know that everybody knows that you're maybe having financial problems or maybe your teenagers are rebelling against you or maybe your marriage isn't going the way it should be. Maybe things at your company don't look too great on the horizon. We don't like for these things to be made public. But it does have one advantage. Public battles tend to lead to public victories. Public victories not only bring honor and glory to God, but they bring a proper amount of honor and respect to you as well. You'll be able to make a difference in people's lives because they will have witnessed the power of God at work in your life. That's why when we've been to the valley of blessing, we need to do what the people of Judah did. We need to march around with harps and horns and make as much noise as possible, proclaiming to all who will listen, God has given me this victory. You know, we all face obstacles. But I want you to remember this. By the power of God, every obstacle, every obstacle can become a miracle. And for the glory of God, every miracle can become a spectacle. Have you ever heard someone say, oh, it's just one thing after another? You know, they, what they're saying is, you know, I'm just having problem after problem after problem. And some people feel that life is just a series of battles. But I want you to understand that when you're living for the Lord Jesus Christ, In his dominion, life isn't just a series of battles. Life is a series of victories. Because God has promised that in all things, you can be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. He created you to reign in this life. Maybe your life is defined by the phrase, here comes trouble, as we've seen the last three weeks. If you want, you know what? You can change that title. Here comes victory. Here comes power. Here comes blessing. Because here comes Jesus. Is there a storm on the horizon? Is there an enemy or maybe multiple enemies approaching? I just want to encourage you through this series to seek God, to surrender everything you have to him, to continue to trust God, trust him enough to walk in obedience and to stand firm in your conviction until the victory comes. And then remember, beloved, to thank God. Thank him loudly and thank him often. And from your heart, instead of just living this life from battle to battle, you will find yourself living from victory to victory as you see the faithfulness of God play out in your life. And just like King Jehoshaphat, you will live in peace because God will give you rest on every side. Well, I trust this series entitled Here Comes Trouble has 
been a real blessing to your hearts and has encouraged and even edified you in your Christian life and walk. Over the past three weeks, we've seen how King Jehoshaphat faced what seemed to be insurmountable odds. I'm sure there are folks who are listening to this message right now who are burdened down by the weight of care and concern over a circumstance in their life that seems to be, well, just too big to handle. Maybe you feel like you're on the ropes, like your enemy is going to win this battle that rages around you. Well, my friend, I pray that you will not lose heart, that you will not be discouraged and feel defeated, but you will rise up by the power of the living God and find your hope and your purpose in none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The scriptures tell us in John 10.10, these are the words from our Lord himself. He said this, I come that you might have life, and that you might have life more abundantly. I want to ask you a question today. Are you living that abundant life right now by the power of God? Or do you find yourself cowering under your problems and your circumstances? Won't you cry out to God for help today? He's there. He's willing to help. Remember, what seemed to look like an inevitably overwhelming defeat initially to King Jehoshaphat and to Judah turned into an overwhelming victory for God as well as his own people. Our story closed out with verse 30 of Second Chronicles chapter 20, where we read, His God had given him rest on every side. His God had given him rest on every side. I don't know what problems are surrounding you today, but the one thing I do know, God does. And he desires you to call out to him for help, who is always an ever-present help in time of trouble. If you've never asked God to forgive you of your sins, why not ask him right now? Just cry out to him in humility and ask him to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you, through the work of His Son, Jesus Christ. Tell Him you desire to turn from your sins and turn to Him. Beloved, when that prayer comes from a truly repentant, humble heart, God will graciously save you from your sin. Won't you trust Him today for your salvation? Well, it's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. We trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come out and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m., and we offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children through grade five. If you'd like to encourage us here at the Graceful Truth Program, give us a call at the Grace Bible Church in Redwood City, 650-366-9923, or visit our website, gracefultruth.org. And now, to close out our time together with a look at our fall schedule, once again, here's Pastor Steve Converse. Thanks, Andy. I want to share some exciting information with our listening audience concerning our fall schedule here at Grace Bible Church, Redwood City. First up, we'll be having our fall Israel and Bible Prophecy Conference featuring Bible teacher Dr. David Hawking on November 18th, 19th, and 20th. It will all kick off on Friday, November 18th at 7 p.m. with concert pianist David Talbot leading us in some wonderful hymns here at Grace Bible Church, Redwood City. The conference is free, so we hope to see you here the weekend right before Thanksgiving. Second on our fall schedule will be a real blessing to our ladies here in the Bay Area. Ladies, we have a real Christmas treat for you coming up on Saturday, December 3rd. 
here at Grace Bible Church, Redwood City. We will be hosting a woman's Christmas tea with speaker and author Elise Fitzpatrick. Elise will be teaching from her book, Because He Loves Me, How Christ Transforms Our Daily Life. The tea will be held on Saturday, December 3rd, with seating for the tea beginning at 11 a.m. Our program will begin promptly at 11.30 and will conclude at 2.30 p.m. here at Grace Bible Church, Redwood City. Cost of registration will be $20 and registration will be required in advance. Ladies, you know firsthand how hectic your world can become just prior to the Christmas season. We want to give you the opportunity to break away from your daily routine for just one Saturday afternoon and come together for some great fellowship, worship, and teaching that's based on God's Word. Why not plan on being here Saturday, December 3rd from 11 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. for a wonderful time of fellowship, worship, and teaching from Elise Fitzpatrick. I'm sure you enjoy the time together and walk away with a renewed sense of purpose and commitment to Christ. All the registration information can be found on our church website at gracebibleonline.org. Once again, that's gracebibleonline.org. There will be a registration form available online. You simply download it, fill it out, mail it in with your registration to the address given, or you can simply call us here at Grace Bible Church, Redwood City, 650-366-9923. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening to Graceful Truth each weekend, and it'd be a wonderful encouragement to us to hear from you about how this program has been a blessing to your hearts. Thank you, Steve. And again, friend, we'd love to hear from you. So call us today, 650-366-9923, or write to us, 2225 Euclid Avenue, Redwood City, 94061 is our zip code. Until next time, God bless. God bless.